We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders NBA Morning Grind podcast. I am Justin Carlucci, a.k.a. The Looch. Thanks for joining us here, and I'm joined by the Iceman, Keith Eister. How are you, buddy? Good to have the show with you for once. Yeah, man. Good good to be on with you. Um, we've got a, an exciting week ahead here, um, wrapping up the NBA season. For, we're leading into MLB opening day and the Masters kicking off later this week, so just a, a very exciting week ahead of us here. Yeah, and it's such a joy to uh, predict a billion hypotheticals last week of NBA. It's 12 yeah. game slate. We have some news, but it, it's tough to play DFS this week in NBA. So you kind of know what you're signing up for and, and we'll try to, to nail out some hypotheticals and some things to look out for. And we have a little bit of news. So uh, bear with us here and, and we'll do our best. Of course, we're recording uh, the night before the slate. So, Things are typically stale by 7 p.m. the following day, this time of the year. And there's always surprises. I, I, I'm just thinking it back to a couple of years ago where there was no late swap on one of the sites. I, I can't recall which one. And 
it's just maddening to think if that was still a thing and uh, how much money you'd be out when you get that goose egg with a late with a late scratch or or uh, COVID related illness or someone just getting rest like the 76ers are the first team we're going to talk about and they're typically pretty late with with breaking news and sometimes you don't know MB news until the game quote unquote locks so crazy stuff here this week Keith that you know what's your input or advice on if you're playing DFS this week in NBA yeah, definitely have to stay vigilant about the news. Um, not not something that you can just set at lock time and forget throughout the rest of the night. Uh, DeJounte Murray did it twice to us over the weekend. Um, well, I guess Popovich did it to us twice, but Murray got ruled out late on Friday night, and then I believe it was Sunday again, like right after the slate locked, he got, he got ruled out um, for the Sunday game. So there's going to be some crazy things like that that happened for sure. Um, if, if you are investing dollars into this, you definitely need to be paying attention throughout the night as the news continues to break. For sure. Which, uh, which is a double-edged sword here because there are some props that you can take advantage of and a quick plug for scores and odds. Check out Keith's article series called icebreakers, uh, on scores and odds. We have free content on scores and our partner site and, uh, icebreakers has been great. A lot of great calls. You focus on props. Of course, we have premium expert picks as well on scores and odds. And we're going to be ramping up the volume there. We're going to put out some MLB stuff. Um, Joe has a great master's preview and, uh, STL cards always pumps out some good golf stuff over there too. So if, if you're also big into betting scores and odds, we have content now scores and Awesome stuff with icebreakers so far, Keith. And when there's a boatload of injuries, listen, Vegas is Vegas and they're, they will forever be very good, but you can find some discrepancies and there's a lot of unknown and, and typically Vegas goes by longer term data. Uh, so you're able to take some more shots and uh, we like to climb the ladder every now and then on FanDuel and Jalen Green was a big winner, you know, playing those 30 plus yeah. and 35 plus point games and some would call him the new Desmond Bain. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were. I know you wrote it up the first day. Houston ruled out like Christian Wood and and Eric Gordon, kind of for the seems like the rest of the season here. I know you wrote up Jalen Green. We had discussed it a little bit before the slate about how well he had been playing and how much potential there were. I think you wrote up the latter plays on on scores and odd. Him and Kevin Porter were both a part of my article that day, and they've they've been really good to us in like the three or four games that they've played since then. Um, definitely. Made a few dollars on on those two boys in Houston. Definitely, you've had some great calls. So keep up the good work. And that little like two day, two to three day stretch where Sacramento and Houston ran it back was terrible games, yeah. but great for DFS <laughs> and, and props. This is a big prop week, so like I'm more inclined to take advantage of some. Uh, I guess I would say uh, new play, unknown players and newer roles, or bad players playing 30 minutes. No one's bad in the NBA. Um, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? So check out scores and odds. Keith does a lot of great stuff. And, uh, so does the rest of our team there. So, uh, without further ado, let's drive into this slop fest of a 12 game slate. We have here Philly and Indy Philly and Indy. And, you know, uh, I am a Sixers fan. I'm a little unbiased and I, I just, I, I'm, I want to be optimistic. I just like with Glenn rivers there. I know Philly people call him Glenn. Uh, I just, I'm hoping they're not like a second round exit, but it's just kind of like you bring in hard and he's an elite talent. I'm still seeing some of the same issues they had with the old roster without Harden, you know, without, you know, uh, when, when Seth Curry was still around, like some of the, some of the same things that are maddening uh, are still happening in Philly and they're squeaking out games. They, you know, squeaked out the win against uh, Cleveland who didn't have Mobley and a couple other pieces available. And, 
you know, the wind, the wind's the wind crowd will have my neck here, but um, you know, I, I just don't know. Uh, on the flip side, they get the Pacers on the road uh, who have been, you know, one of the worst teams in the league and frequently active on the injury report throughout the season. A lot of new faces, a lot of young players are trying to figure it out. Uh, and by the way, scoresandodds.com has a great injury report daily. It's clean. It's free. Um, scoresandodds.com slash NBA slash injuries has a lot of stuff. It's easy to navigate, um, as does Roto-Grinders with our Situation Room, by the way. So uh, either site, a lot to work with. But, uh, you know, Brogdon's been getting a lot of rest. Uh, you know, he's questionable. Uh, my guess is there's no reason to play him, you know, on – on Tuesday. And if you disagree with any of these, feel free to take the reins there. So I'm guessing we'll be without Brogdon, you know, Goga. We also don't know, um, you know, Duarte will not play. Miles Turner hasn't played in a long time. Ricky Rubio has been out forever. TJ McConnell has been out forever. And of course, TJ Warren has been out forever. It's just been awful tough sledding for the Pacers who if healthy, you know, could have knocked on the door of, of, you know, I don't know, six seed, something like that in this East, if, if they were healthy, but, uh, it looks like they're going to be without Brogdon and Goga most likely. Duarte is definitely out. So th- this game, it looks like Embiid is, is is probably going to play. Again, we don't know who's going to rest, right? It, it, we're 20, 24 hours-ish before lock. We're, we're expecting people to play that aren't on this injury report here. So let's just assume the Sixers are in, um, you know, and you have Halliburton on the flip side, who is 8,600 on FanDuel, you know, Buddy Heald, 6K, and – uh, when Brogdon has been out, those guys have feasted from time to time here. So what's kind of your general outlook on the Sixers and the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, massive slate here, obviously, but I, we're going to have a ton of news. A ton of value is going to open up. So paying up, I, and there's no shortage of superstars on this slate. You've got Jokic and Embiid, um, Harden, Durant, um, like the list just goes on and on, Giannis, uh, LeBron. So there's going to be no shortage of guys to spend up for. But Embiid is definitely in the middle of that MVP conversation. He's trying to chase down a scoring title as well. Um, I think he plays here, uh, and the matchup is phenomenal against Indy. They've they've been really bad on defense. I think they're about 27th in defensive rating. Um, It's pretty much just Embiid. Um, It's not necessarily a game environment that I love, but Embiid, I think, is going to be one of my primary spends just – um, where we sit right now, I think we're going to have plenty of value where we can pay up for at least one stud and probably multiple studs. Um, it's going to be Embiid for me. Yeah, I don't have a total on it right now. Twelve and a half point spread as of now. Uh, Embiid's been great. You're right. He's chasing that thing. You know, uh, a lot of media narrative stuff here between him and Jokic. You see all over the web. And um, I, I, I agree with you. You know, the Sixers have this bad habit of just kind of letting teams hang around and letting teams hang around. And uh, yeah, it could get ugly, but this also could be one of those where the Sixers pull ahead late. And if Embiid gets three and a half quarters here, uh, he could do a lot of damage here. So uh, I kind of like the call with paying up at Embiid. You know, Harden's been playing a little bit better. I guess if I'm just spending up over 10K, I'd much rather just go up and try to make Embiid work. Because like you said, we know there's going to be a lot of value that we don't even know about yet on top of the value that that already exists here. So I, I don't think you have a problem going up from Harden to Embiid if you're looking at this game from a Sixers perspective. You know the team total on Philly's side will probably be friendly, uh, you know, considering they're such heavy favors here. So, so I'm with you there. Uh, you know, Halliburton has been very good. Uh, when Brogdon has been out specifically and 
Brogdon is technically questionable, I believe, as of right now, but I, I can't imagine him playing. So I still don't know if I'm paying up for 9K for Halliburton on this 12-game slate um, because there's so many games and it should be easy to get a couple of the big studs that play with those ceilings. I feel like I'm probably not just even going to run this back with anybody from Indy, you know, stud-wise. Um, Buddy Heald's price, you know, 6K, I do like that. And I do think there is something there against Philly. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a little bit of narrative stuff too, it, you know, he was rumored to go to the Sixers for about the last year and a half, and then it just didn't pan out. Um, and Buddy Hill's been great. The usage has been up when Brogdon's been out. He was playing 40 minutes now that there's no Luke Walton in town and things like that. So I do think Buddy Hield is a decent play um, on FanDuel. You know, it's a little bit cheaper than DK. So if you're looking for a run back from this game, I don't mind Buddy Hield um, maybe with Embiid. Uh, someone like Buddy is going to have to to shoot Indy. Uh, into this game to kind of keep it competitive here. Um, of course, there's been a lot of Pacers who have been really good for DFS, uh, Keith, when, when, you know, when the stars have aligned here, uh, Isaiah Jackson's very cheap. I guess I'd consider him at 4,600 on DK if Goga's is out. Um, so what are your thoughts on the Pacers? Uh, if anyone. Yeah, it's, I mean, with such a big slate, I don't necessarily feel compelled to run this one back, especially with Halliburton's price up there. Um, I think um, Isaiah Jackson is the one guy I have interest in if Goga is ruled out. Um, hopefully you get a little bit of extra. It's They still do funky things, and Jackson isn't going to be out there for 30 minutes more than likely. Um, but he does produce when he's out there. So even if you only get 25 minutes out of him at 4,600, I wouldn't mind that. Probably don't need to pay for Halliburton um, and even healed at 6,600 on DK. I, I don't love that. So I think I'm just going to run and beat out there solo on the majority of them, unless we get Goga out and then I have some Jackson interest. Yeah, that makes sense here. Um, how about we move on to Cleveland and Orlando? The other seven o'clock Eastern game on the card here. Some sticker shock here with Darius Garland. He's almost at 10 K, but that price tag is warranted and, Probably in the running. I don't even know what the odds are in front of me, but I would imagine he's a heavy candidate for a most improved player of the year. He's really took, has taken the next step forward and the kid's good. He's really good. It makes you wonder what they're going to do uh, with Colin Sexton. Cause they kind of have similar roles on that team. And uh, when he comes back, so a bit of really cool run for Darius Garland. Um, Evan Mobley is out. We know that uh, he's missed a couple of games here. Moses Brown's been playing a guy who I thought would get run with Dallas, but he did not earlier this year. So uh, we're going to see, you know, pretty heavy minutes here for the Cleveland starters here. I'm assuming, Um, you know, we're waiting for Kevin Love to like play 30 minutes, right? He's been super frustrating. I know you and I have both been targeting him uh, in props and he's been one that I've been on the wrong side of because he pops in all these models and uh, is a great fantasy point producer here. And uh, just isn't getting a lot of run here down the stretch. And, uh, I get it. I guess they're saving his legs a little bit here for the playoffs, and that's fine. Um, Jared Allen, I believe, does have uh, a questionable tag. But the, the big news here is knowing that uh, Mobley is out. Um, Rondo has a little bit of a bum ankle, but it looks like he's available as of now. Actually, it looks like Jared Allen's out. That's what I have. Do you see that, too? I, I do see the questionable tag still, but I I don't think they're going to rush him back for this one. I um, I don't see that he's officially out, but I, my mistake. If I if I if I had a guess, he's he's not going to play in this. My one. mistake. That was of March eighth. He hasn't played since March eighth. I was looking at this injury report. It was kind of uh, dated 
uh, differently than what I was looking at. So, yeah, if Allen's out, you know, that this has been the scenario the last couple of games. Mobley and Allen are out. You're expecting Love to play, you know, 28, 30 minutes. You're hoping anyway from a from an overbetter or a DFS player. Um, but it's been Mark Kennan, my guy. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> if you tune into uh, to Crunch Time, you know, uh, we love some Mark Kennan. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the guy's pushing 40 minutes. So that that's the move, if any, here. You know, you can play Garland. He's shown super ceiling. Um but uh, I, I would also want Jared Allen out to play Garland, probably. Uh, Lavert's been great. We're finally seeing the leash off Lavert here too. So um, let's see where Karis Lavert is priced at. We got him at seven K, so like he's finally up there. We're probably not interested. Um, it's a price thing for me. I don't know if I'll get to Garland. He's been great. Don't think I'll get to Lavert. Um, but Markinen, I mean, he's kind of still in that sweet spot, and I'm willing to go there. Yeah, Garland is tough with as many studs as there are on this slate. I think he will be one of the lower owned ones for sure. Um, that that price tag is tough. I think there's still some meat on the bone there for Levert at 7K. He's been playing upper 30s minutes, like between 36 and 38 since they removed that minutes restriction. Uh, we've seen a ceiling out of him. I think there's still some room for him to pay off 7K in this matchup with a, a, an Orlando team that's actually been playing pretty fast here recently. Uh, Love and, and Markinen just haven't been quite doing enough for me. Um, be, and part of that is because they inserted Moses Brown into the starting lineup and they're still running Kevin Love off of the bench. So Mo- Moses Brown at 4,800, I think is in play against this Orlando team. I'll probably pass on Love just because we haven't seen the 30 minutes of him that, that we've been looking for. So I think Levert and Moses Brown would be my two favorite targets from Cleveland here. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Levert ceiling. It was a, you know, a personnel thing and a minutes thing for a while, and it just wasn't healthy. But I totally get that for tournaments. And on this slate, you'll probably get him at pretty low ownership. So uh, I don't mind that look at all here. Uh, the Orlando side, now this is this is a complete mess. This is like yeah. peak late season NBA stuff here, <laughs> folks. So if you're paying attention to, to one team's injury report, it's probably Orlando. Uh, which could open up some massive volume. And I, I can't get a read on what they're going to do. The good news is it's one of our two early games. So we should get this by 6 Eastern, 6.30 Eastern, hopefully. Cole Anthony is questionable. Admiral Schofield, questionable. Franz Wagner, questionable. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Um, and Jalen Suggs is questionable. Uh, I mean, all hell could break loose here, Keith. It's... Uh, it's hard to really say right now, but this could open up a lot of things because you have you have our guy Chuma under 5K, Markel Fultz is under 5K, Mo Wagner's under 5K, RJ Hampton. I feel like forever is just 3600. It doesn't matter; like he's <laughs> always 3600. So uh, this is one of the teams to monitor for value, uh, even if they're playing Cleveland. When you have guys that are so cheap that are going to play like 30 minutes, kind of doesn't matter who they're playing, Keith. Yeah, and Cleveland has taken a step back without uh, Mobley and Allen in the middle there protecting the rim. Cleveland has actually not been great on defense without those two guys. So the problem is that Orlando is all over the place on their minutes and their rotation. It just feels like they're playing everybody in that 25 to 28 minute range and nobody is seeing enough minutes. Now, maybe if we get all of Anthony Franz and Suggs out, somebody steps up. Maybe it's Chumo Kike who plays 30 minutes just have to see what happens with, with Anthony Franz and Suggs. Um, the one guy who played 
pretty decent in their last one. It was Mo Wagner. Um, I definitely need Franz out to be able to play him, but he's 4,200. Um, talked about the big men missing on the Cleveland side. So Mo Wagner at 4,200 is somebody I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on. I agree. I want Franz out to play, to play Mo. Um, and he got blowout run too, which was good to see. You know, RJ Hampton played a lot too. The thing is, he's just a terrible point per minute guy. Like even when he has every door open to burst through it, you know, he'll drop like a, you know, a 0.4 fantasy point per minute outing or something like that. Um, but you know, if the, if all, if most of these guys do get ruled out, he'll pop in models as a points per dollar play, just know his floor is really low. And on a slate where there's going to be a ton of value, like I, I think I'd pick and choose elsewhere where I know there's, there's a higher floor and a higher ceiling. Uh, I'm thinking here, but I think Wagner is more of the point per minute guy. Like you were alluding to. I really like that call a lot. And the rotation is a complete mess. Like you said, they played, you know, they had a, a ton of guys out last game as well. Cole Anthony only played two minutes against the Knicks, went down, uh, but they still rolled out like nine guys or something like that. So it's not even like they're rolling six or seven guys out here. So it's a tough case to crack here, but I agree. I agree. Um, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to get hell for this, but uh, Ignaz Brezidakis played 30 minutes. That was, that was, you nailed that, it. That was a piss poor, <laughs> piss poor performance there. Um, he played a lot too. Um, this is a guy whose name was floating around. Uh, preseason and we didn't really see him a lot um got any thoughts on him can you go there if the right news breaks or is that just a disgusting idea I mean if everybody's out and yeah he played a ton 37 minutes in the last one and he's near minimum price at 3200 on DK um I mean a huge slate I'm not sure if we'll need it but he's he's someone to monitor for sure can you take a crack at his name so I just don't feel as bad um, I believe it's Brezdakis. Yeah, I think you were, you were pretty close to it, actually. Sometimes I, I, sell, I sell myself short sometimes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. You know, we're at the time of the year. Like, I knew who he was, but every now and then, you just, you're like, who the hell is this guy? And you hop on Google. Like, we're at that point where maybe I Google one or two guys. Like, we know, we know a lot of hoops, but every now and then I'm like, all right, where did this guy go to school? Like, I, I, I got to find out. Um, so, yeah, the magic, little tricky here. But there could be some value. Uh, what's your what's your lean on RJ Hampton? Is it different than mine? Just low per minute production is the problem. Like the minutes have been there, and he's still not getting there. So I it depends on the news that breaks. Um, if for some reason we don't get as much um, news, get I would be I would have mild interest. But I think there's going to be better stuff that opens up. Uh, I have Brooklyn and Houston next uh, on my game and uh, my slate here. And it's just screaming, no defense and pace, you know, <laughs> uh, probably a slaughter. If, uh, if Brooklyn doesn't rest anybody, I, I just, I, I couldn't imagine both studs playing. I, I don't know. I mean, I know they're the playoff picture. You got to take into consideration here, but, and I could be wrong, but like if they can't handle Houston who shut down every, most of the people they've typically been playing without, Kyrie or KD, then, then what are we even doing here? I, I don't know. And what we do know officially is that uh, James Johnson is questionable. Goran Dragic will not play. He's in health and safeties. So you have Goran Dragic out. Seth Curry's questionable. Bruce Brown's out. Ben Simmons, shocker, still isn't playing, you know? And uh, of course, Joe Harris hasn't played in a really long time either. So but they're down bodies too. I mean, maybe both guys have to play. 
I, I don't think they have to play, but I, I don't I don't have the Nets, uh, you know, 12 man in front of me here, but I don't know who else is left here. Um, so this could be a situation where we have uh, some things to capitalize here. What, what's your kind of initial reaction here, seeing this kind of messy Brooklyn injury report, Keith? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get at least one of the studs sitting here. I just looked it up. They're they're currently tied for ten, the ninth spot with with Charlotte, and they they don't have any danger of falling out. So I don't really. They're a game behind the Hawks for the eighth seed. I don't know that there's that much of an advantage for them to move into the eighth seed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some guys rest in this one. Um, obviously, it's a phenomenal matchup against Houston. So whatever they decide to do, we're going to have interest in Brooklyn. Um, I almost prefer that at least one of the studs sat so that we could feel better because if Kyrie and Durant are both in there, do they really have enough ceiling if they blow out this Houston team? Um, I'd be a little bit concerned about that on on a full 12 game slate here. I'd be a little bit worried about the blowout, I think. So I wouldn't mind if they rested a few people, Uh, maybe Kyrie just, hasn't played very much this season. I could see them resting Durant, playing Kyrie, something like that. And if you get one of the studs out, then I think the other stud is is a phenomenal play. Um, Drummond, if he plays, I don't mind him at 6,800. He has a clear hold on that center position now. Um, they, they've just been playing him a lot more over Aldridge and Claxton. Uh, at 6,800, Houston has been unable to stop big men at all um, since Christian Wood has been out. So would not mind Drummond. And then I guess it just kind of depends on on the injury report. Seth Curry would matter a little bit for somebody like Bruce Brown, um, but we'll just have to see what Brooklyn ends up doing. It's obviously a phenomenal matchup. We're going to have interest here um, no matter which way they go. Yeah, I, I really like that uh, that breakdown of, <clears throat> of the Nets you you given us there. Um, Kyrie is only 9K on FanDuel. So if Durant sits, wow. we're going to see like mega chalk with Kyrie. Then you're going to have to make some tournament decisions. I mean, you know, you get Kyrie at 50% and some decent stake stuff. It's like, yeah, it's cheap, but is the game a blowout? Uh, you know, then then what? You know, where where's your edge? I don't know. Like that's going to – Kyrie might be a big decision point if they decide to give Durant a break here. I tell you what, man, I love – I love these Rockets from a prop betting perspective here. We They've treated us well, Keith. Kevin Porter is finally over 8K. Like, that price has been warranted. He's been absolutely hooping. Kudos to yeah. you. You've been all over him. Um, Sun Gun has been popular. Deshaun Tate's kind of been letting us down if he's been one guy who's been the letdown. Uh, Jalen Green, 6,700 on FanDuel, a little bit cheaper than DK. He's almost a cash game play at this point because of his role this is scary because this game's a little bit of a slaughter uh, has slaughter written all over. So I'm, I'm thinking here, if one of the Brooklyn studs are out then I think you can play Jalen green in cash. I know it's super early. So take that with a grain of salt, uh, at least on, on, uh, on DK. Cause he's 6,700. I'm not crazy about the 7,400 price. He becomes more of like a large field player because the usage has been through the roof. He's scoring like 30 real points almost every game now. Um, before I get to my favorite play on Houston, I don't think there's lines on Jalen Green yet, but he opened at 22 and a half, I think, the last time we took him, and he crushed that no problem. The previous game, he was at 20 and a half. I know maybe they're worth or factor in spread and blowout here, but what do you think Jalen Green opens up at from a prop point? And like, are you blindly interested as long as it's not over a certain number? I am blindly interested up to 25, I think. Even if it opened at 24 and a half, I, I think I'm interested. 
Uh, and I've been laddering his threes too. And he's hit, uh, he hit six for like four in a row there. I believe he's had over five in five of the last six. So yeah. yeah uh, give me the over on Jalen green points and the over on Jalen green threes all the way up the ladder. I mean, I think, um, I mean, if it opened at 22 and a half, maybe they get aggressive because of the matchup with Brooklyn and it's 24 and a half this time, I'd still be interested there. If it goes over 25, then I'd, I might have to pump the brakes a little bit, even though, I mean, like you said, 30 over 30, the last four games in a row. So I would still have interest. I just, I don't know that it would be like an auto smash play. Like it has been. I agree. If we're seeing 23 and a half, I think I'm still in. Um I'm curious to see where that opens. And 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 just to backtrack slightly on Houston, you know, Christian Wood, they shut down. Eric Gordon also shut down. Uh, and Schroeder, who looked pretty good. I'm surprised, surprised he didn't kind of land on a contender in a bench role. But, hey, uh, to each their own, Schroeder is also out. Um, it looks like Jalen Green's officially probable. I tell you what, I think Josh Christopher's in the perfect spot because he's 4,600. He's playing mega minutes. He's had a couple of like eight to nine X ceiling games here because he's finally getting the run. This kid's very talented here. I know he had a, he had 11 of his 14 shots the last game. He's not going to shoot 80% every game. Um, but, you know, he's delivered in three of the last four since, uh, since the news. I mean, we're talking 42 DK points, 26 and a half. Then he had a, a dump of 10 and then 38.25 against Minnesota. Uh, I mean, the, the thing with him is he'll, he's going to play meaningful minutes as kind of, I guess, the sixth man guard right now. Yeah. As the, as the, as the first guard off the bench. And he is also going to run in blowouts. Probably like, like, so he's in the perfect threshold here of will play meaningful minutes. Um, and also going to play in blowouts. And he just went absolutely ballistic in the fourth quarter against Minnesota last game. He had 19 real points in the fourth quarter. Um, He closed that game with Kenyon Martin, who was also um, coming off the bench. But I don't know if if Ja'Shawn Tate was in foul trouble. Okay, he was in a little bit of foul trouble. But but Tate didn't even check in the fourth quarter of that game, so they kind of rode the hot hand and – I feel like maybe they're kind of getting over Jayshon Tate. Like they're giving him every opportunity to sell that he, to either showcase himself to move elsewhere or that he belongs. And like, I'm sure he'll find a roster spot, but he he's kind of been underwhelming. Um, so I, I, you know, they were more than willing to roll Kenyon Martin to close against Minnesota and Christopher closed with Kevin Porter, Jalen green and Sungun. So I think that bodes really well for Josh Christopher and he, he might be my favorite per dollar play on Houston. I like that call. Um, and like, if you don't want to play one of the studs on Brooklyn, then Josh Green, uh, Josh Christopher is the, the Houston guy you should be playing. Um, I, I think that's a great way to attack this game. Like if you're playing Kyrie or Durant, then you want to run it back with somebody like Porter or Green or Shen Yun. But if you're not playing one of the studs from Brooklyn, then I love somebody like Christopher. I think setting up rules to make sure that your lineups feature either of those two scenarios is going to be important for a slate like this. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, do you have a do you have a, a best guess of, of if either of these Brooklyn guys sit and do you have any like you know spaghetti at the wall theory of why it would be one or the other? I don't really have anything. Um I I don't know. See I'm having a hard time deciding why why wouldn't they just rest both of them? Um and then it's like, well, why would they just rest one of them? So yeah, I, I really just don't know. 
Um, I feel like Kyrie missing half of the season, not being able to play at home might factor into this a little bit, but, but Durant missed some time with an injury too. So it's not like he's been overworked. Maybe they just play everybody and, and try to improve their seating, but honestly, they could sit one of them and probably win the game with ease anyway. So hard to say, I, I don't have a good feel on what they intend to do here. Yeah, I'm with you. Let, let's scoot right along here to Charlotte at Miami. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a rest day for Kyle Lowry. I, I read on one through one of their beat writers before we logged on here that his questionable tag is rest related. So hearing that is kind of like one of the most surely questionable tags we're going to have here. Kyle Lowry rest, same sentence Hornets at, you know, um, I'm thinking Kyle Lowry is probably not going to play. Um, we don't know about Dwayne Dedman, you know, Marquise Morris. I don't like these guys matter less. Um, so if we don't see Lowry, obviously you have the Hornets matchup, which isn't as good as it was in the first half of the season, but it's still really good. Um, and you have Bam. It looks like, you know, we haven't heard anything on Jimmy. I mean, I don't know. And you have Hero. Maybe we see a rest day out of one of them. Uh, if Bam or Jimmy if either one of them do sit, I mean, then, then we're talking, you know, Tyler hero uh, time to shine here and, and bam, I guess that interior of Charlotte, you know, bam's 8,400, you know, hero down at 63 would be the ticket here. And um, even with, without just Lowry, I, you know, I, I, I tend to to play a guy like hero in matchups against Charlotte. Um, you know, you're not going to see any, any bombs on the game log with hero, but he's been consistently. Okay. So uh, I guess I do have a little bit of interest here. Jimmy Butler is 7,600 on FanDuel, by the way. Um, so that's that's super interesting. And if he's a go, like, you're going to see him pop in just about every model, every projection system in the entire world here. Um, thoughts about this one? And uh, do you think – are you in the same line of thinking as me that Lowry probably doesn't play if it's already kind of labeled a rest thing? Yeah, it seems like he's going to sit this one out. Um Jimmy Butler, I don't know. Um, like they're they have a decent lead for the, the one seed, I believe. Yeah, they're up two games on Boston for the the one seed. I, so I don't think they'll rush Jimmy. Therefore, if if he's active, then I have interest. Like you mentioned, the price has come down, um, and this is a fantastic matchup against Charlotte. So I I know he hasn't been outstanding here recently, but the price is starting to reflect that. And in a great matchup against Charlotte, I think he could absolutely pay that off for sure. So yeah, I think Jimmy would be my favorite target hero at 6,600 without Lowry um, fine as well. And bam, great matchup against Charlotte struggles against the center position. Um, Yeah. I I do have quite a, quite a bit of interest in the heat here. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh, Quick shout out to my, uh, my friend, Bob Volio. Um, He is a, a Twitch affiliate, by the way, he plays Madden competitively. Cool guy to follow, but uh, he also made an NBA Live Final a couple years ago, and he dabbles in the space, and he's had some pretty big wins. But I was actually at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Bally's in Atlantic City with him. We were watching uh, the UNC Duke game, but he, he was glued to the handful of NBA games that were on, and um, he played one of these lottery tickets parlays. Um, and let me just tell you what the, what the, what the odds were. I'm, I'm going to say it just what the ticket says. <laughs> I can't even. It's uh, plus, Jesus, Bob, what did you do here? Plus twenty nine seventy nine two forty five, like a, like a monster ticket. It was it was like two or three bucks to win seventy five k. He had Clay Thompson to score thirty five plus against Utah. Mike Conley to also make five three pointers. 
Darius Garland to make five three-pointers, which was plus 840, and Kyle Lowry to have 12 dimes, which was plus 1,000. So he nailed all of those except Kyle Lowry finished with 10 when the game was a borderline blowout, but they were running Hero and Butler in the blowout and not Lowry. So everybody was glued to uh, to the UNC Duke game, and he was having a meltdown. Um, while we were drinking some Jack and Cokes, um, watching <laughs> watching the Miami Charlotte game, you know, on like the tiny TV. But um, those lottery ticket parlays, man, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you get close sometimes and you get that sweat. But uh, it was good that uh, it sounds funny, but it was good to see someone else feel the pain that I feel often, <laughs> you know, when I get late scratched <laughs> right. or something. But I felt for a man and uh, we had a couple of beers and uh, I got to love those those uh those same game parlays when you can put them together, Keith. You ever play some lotto tickets with, with some parlays? Yeah, every once in a while. Um, you, you never know. Like you just you throw a couple of bucks on them and just hope to hit one throughout. I don't know over the course of a year or something like that. Yeah, it, it's always a good time when they start to get close for sure. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Bob. I feel you, man. That was a tough one, but uh, let's see here. And you know the fact that maybe this was that. Speaking of that little personal fun we just had, but Lowry not finishing that game when the others did a little bit might, you know, imply that, yeah, like we're going to arrest him anyway the next game. Let's just get him off the court and let let Hero and Butler clean up. So I'm I'm pretty certain Lowry's not going to play here. Um, Charlotte side of things, you know, I Rozier's back under 7K on FanDuel. LaMelo is, is floating around 93. Um I just I can't see myself targeting anybody from Charlotte unless we get some injury news here. I'm probably just full passing here. Yeah, I I'm kind of with you. It's a huge slate. Charlotte's always a tough team to figure out. Um, it just seems like Lamelo, Bridges, and Rogier trade trade off on who's going to be the one that that has the big ceiling game. Tough matchup with Miami, so I don't think I'll I'll need to try to figure it out on this this slate. Um, just play my whichever Miami guy fits in the lineup, and don't worry about running it back. Um, Lamelo's price is a little bit too too high for me, um, so maybe Bridges or Rozier, but I don't know. I don't love it with the matchup. I, I'm with you. I I don't have a ton of interest in Charlotte. All right, moving right along here. Got a massive twelve gamer here, so we're going to keep the pedal down here. Atlanta at Toronto. I'm looking at Atlanta's injury report here. It looks like we don't know about Bogdanovich and we don't know about Gallinari. Um, yeah, you know, it's not the best matchup in the world, the Raptors, but, um, you know, Capella is still a very interesting price at 6,500. And um, when Atlanta has not been involved in a blowout to some capacity or another, uh, he's shown six to seven X upside. Uh, pretty frequently the last 10 days or so. So I think Capella's price is good on FanDuel. Uh, of course, Trey Young's pretty much good for a ceiling game. And, you know, you can play him under pretty much any circumstance here. Uh, you know, you have these guys, you have, you know, Kevin Herter. If we get Gallo out, if we get uh, Bogdanovich out, you know, Herter is interesting at 5,400. Um, you know, you always like to play him when he's like in the fours though. So on a 12 game yeah. with a ton of value, you know, I'm not sure how I, I'm not like prioritizing Herder, but I get the play here. That kind of just goes for the rest of these like sidecar pieces Atlanta has, in my opinion, uh, DeAndre Hunter, great price, 46. I, you know, I just can't count on him to get that ceiling game and DeLon Wright, same thing. So um, I think I'll have trade shares if, if I decide to multi-enter tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly, yet. We'll see what, what kind of news we get in the morning. Uh, I think Capella is probably probably my favorite play on the Atlanta side of the things here, if that's where you land at center. Yep, I, I 
pretty much agree with everything you said there. I'll, I'll have a little bit of Trey, but he won't be a top priority for me. Um, won't be one of my higher own studs on the slate. I think Capella's price tag at 6,500 is, is right where it, it should be. I'll, I'll have no problem taking shots on there. Um, especially with Toronto's big man situation. Um, they've struggled against centers all season. Um, and then Herder's a little bit overpriced. So I only even look down here if Bogdanovich and Gallinari are out and probably not even then. So a, a sprinkle of Trey Young, a good amount of Capella, and that's about it for Atlanta. It gets more interesting on the Toronto side of the ball with OG questionable to play. Looks like he has a thigh problem. Uh, and he's been back for five games and he's been logging, you know, 26 to 35 plus minutes. So that would open the door for these other three guys on Atlanta. I mean, Fred Van Fleet's still pushing 40 minutes and he's looked really good the last couple of games, you know, finally getting the you know, 40 plus fantasy points. I mean, he's been playing crazy defense. He's, you know, maybe been lucking out with some steals and blocks the last couple of games. I mean, against Orlando, we had six steals and a block. Against Minnesota, he had four steals and two blocks. Against Boston, he had three steals and a block to, to get there. But he's still fairly, fairly priced to 7,400 on FanDuel that, like, he's going to give you that floor anyway. And I'm not knocking defense here. I'm not. It's just something that, like, I don't enjoy counting on. Um, but that Fanduel price is really nice. He's all the way up at eighty one hundred on DK. Like even if OG was out, I'd probably have to think about that a little bit. I think Scotty Barnes is the ticket here. If OG is out on Fanduel, that price is just plummeting down to sixty four hundred. I know we haven't seen that the same output we saw, um, you know, a couple weeks to a month ago, but he's still been really good. I mean, he's still hitting five to six times value in most of these recent games here. And, of course, he had the, like, LeBron threw the ball in my face narrative game where he, he dropped 60 here or whatever that was. So uh, I think if if OG is out, uh, Scotty Barnes is a play here uh, against Atlanta who has struggled against athletic forwards the last couple of seasons at 6,400 on FanDuel. Uh, what are your thoughts on these Raptors? Yeah, pricing is a little bit tougher on DK, like you were mentioning. Um, I do love this matchup against Atlanta, though. Uh, I think – I would lean Van Vliet over Siakam just to save the, save the money. There's a, a lot of guys in that nine, 10 K range. Um, so I think I would just prefer to save the money, go down to Van Vliet. Gary Trent may be the other one. I have, I would have some interest in very scoring dependent, but a guy we have seen just get red hot from three um, hasn't really shown it a ton here recently, but uh, 5,700, I don't mind his price. Um, I, I I don't know. I just, it's mild interest on Toronto for me, even though it's a, a good spot here against Atlanta. Tell you what, Gary Trent's 51 on FanDuel and that screaming cash game play here. Uh, you can play him without OG. I know it's been tough sledding recently, but that floor is definitely there, even though he's scoring dependent. As long as this game is not a complete blowout, I think Gary Trent's squarely in play. And if OG's out, um, we're going we're gonna to see some big chalk with Gary Trent, I think, if 5,100 on FanDuel for sure. and still a really nice price on DK. So, um, yeah, I monitor that OG news. You know, we, we talked about some stuff that we know. Uh, Orlando's pretty big so far. We're guessing that Brooklyn maybe rests someone, but we're just speculating. Uh, but OG is legitimately questionable to play. Uh, and these Raptors are going to be squarely in play here. Um, if OG is out and, you know, you could play Trent regardless. Siakam, I, I feel you. Um, he's been really good this year. 
on this slate, and I know he's flashed killer upside. On this slate, I, I feel like I'm in the same boat with Darius Garland with his price. It's about the same price. Uh, typically kind of has the same output. You know, could you use him in a little stack with Trey Young? Yeah, I, I like that idea. Um, I don't know. To play him, I think I would just need OG out and maybe another surprise on Toronto too to like want to prioritize him. If you're 100 max in, one, you know, 150 max in, excuse me, you're playing 100 lineups. Yeah, I, I don't mind the Siakam shares. I would just probably correlate him with Trey Young or Capella. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Couple of eight o'clock Easter games here. Let's go over to Washington and Minnesota while I bring up the injury report here for Washington. Kyle Kuzma is not playing. Um, and that looks like all that we have right now on the Washington side here. Your Porzingis has been pretty good. You know, it's just a shame that it didn't work out with Luca, but but here we are. And he is on the Wizards. It's still kind of strange here. He's all the way up to 91 on FanDuel, though. And um, I would imagine, what's he over there on DK, Keith? Uh, 8,900 on DK. So, I don't know. A gut, gut says for me, even without Kuzma, it's, it's a pass for me, I think, on this slate. Is it a, it's a price thing for me? Let's just get this out of the way. Are you in or out on Porzingis at his price? I, I don't mind the price. It's just, I don't know. I don't know go there in this sleep um fine matchup against minnesota it's just kind of like if it if it's a piece that fits if i need somebody between like 80 109k and then it's like a last piece type of deal i'd be fine with it i wouldn't kick him out of the lineup but i i won't be making sure i'm over the field or anything like that on him uh yeah in kind of the rest of these washington guys i with the value that's going to be really open and solidified in a couple of places. I, I, I'm not rushing to play any of these national guys. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Like they could have ceiling games. Like, I don't know when Corey Kispert's going for 30, you know, he went for under 20 of the last four, but I, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. Like I understand if they're in your pool, um, but like, I'm not prioritizing probably anybody on Washington. Do you see any priorities over here? I, I don't really. Avdia and Hachimura have each had their moments over the past couple of weeks, but too much inconsistency there with the minutes. Um, I, I would say Caldwell Pope has been the most consistent, oddly enough, and he has shown a little bit of a ceiling. 5,500, I don't hate that. I think of the, of this mid, like, 4 and 5K range, I think Caldwell Pope would be the one I f- would play the most. But, yeah, I, I don't love any of them. Yeah, and, you know, sticker shock usually works when prices are up, and I'm looking at Minnesota, and um, I'm looking at DK. You got D'Angelo Russell at 64, which yeah, which is okay, right? Like, you, you see him floating around that range sometimes. It's still pretty cheap. Edwards, 75 is about right. Towns is 95. I don't know what FanDuel did, Keith. I don't know what FanDuel did. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns is 8,300, 8,300. Anthony Edwards is 7K and that's fine. I don't, are you looking, are we, are we going to play a fun game? Are you staring at it as I am? (laughs) I'm not looking at FanDuel pricing though. All right. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, take, take a stab here. What is that? He was in the five K's on Sunday, I believe. So he's, I'm going to say he's at like 5,400 again. Yeah. He's still there despite going (laughs) like over eight X against Houston 
playing 34 <laughs> minutes. It, the previous game against Denver, he was great for, for the five range too, like 5,300. And um, against a, a team that plays no defense at a respectable pace, I don't know how you don't have these guys in your pool. I, if, if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, I'm definitely prioritizing both of these guys. I know it's an Embiid slate. I know it's the Jokic slate. I know there's 12 games. But I think he needs some town shares at, at 8,300. You know, he could just he get out, he get outscored by 10, but still be optimal because there's a huge difference in salary here. It's one of those things. So on FanDuel specifically, you're playing Russell a lot. You're playing Towns a lot. I, I can't, I'm looking at the playoff picture and I, I can't find a reason to like not want to, not want to play these guys regardless here. So uh, that that's where I'm at with, with uh, Minnesota. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like I can probably speak for you and their tournament plays on DK Russell's you know, fair appropriately priced a little cheap on the cheap end regardless. Uh, but talk to me about the FanDuel angle here. Like what are your thoughts there with, with those prices? Yeah. FanDuel, they're just, they're too cheap. And I think you have no choice, but to play them. I think even on a 12 game slate, you're going to see a, quite a bit of ownership because like they're, they're a thousand dollars too cheap. And uh, Towns and Russell are the ones I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I have a hard time trying to fade players that are a thousand dollars too cheap. Maybe we get enough value opens up, and there's a, a dozen guys that are that are a thousand too cheap. But as as it stands right now, they would definitely be priorities for me. On DK, you kind of nailed it. Like, not as much interest, but they're still in play. Good matchup against Washington here. Um, Towns up at ninety five hundred is. It feels like it's just a tougher spot for him at that price tag. Uh, I think I'd be looking at Russell again, and that's um, Beasley with the questionable tag. And we'll have to see what Patrick Beverly, he's a guy that we've seen pop up on the injury report several times. If both of those guys were to to miss, I mean, that just makes Russell like an autoplay. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Um, Let's move on here. Milwaukee and Chicago. And uh, looking at, the Bucks. it looks like Giannis has a knee injury, but he is likely to play. He's probable. Um, other than that, it's a pretty clean side of things here. He's 12-1 on FanDuel. I mean, you know, are, what's Milwaukee playing for? Uh, you know, they're the three seed right now against Toronto. And, you know, I, I feel like, there they'd probably be fine with that matchup so uh, i i think they kind of want to stay pace here uh the bulls that they're playing is the current sixers matchup the sixers have the same record as the bucks but but the bucks have the tiebreaker here so um tough to say i I think we just need to approach milwaukee as if they're playing to win um and just kind of look at it that way that's my best guess here um you have similar thoughts here just kind of think you know we can't get inside these guys heads unless we see some reports here uh, what are your thoughts here with milwaukee are they gonna play to win this thing yeah we i think that they are um and, and i like this matchup against chicago too so yeah. all we can do is just see what what kind of news comes out if Giannis is active i think you just have to trust that you're gonna get his normal 35-ish minutes um and if that's the case I absolutely love him in this spot. He would be one of my favorite spends on the slate. Um, Chicago just has struggled on the defensive end. Um, slight r- rivalry here with the Bulls and the Bucks. Um, so I, I don't know. I like I like Giannis in this spot a good amount. Yeah, I um, I think Fanzel did did it right and made him the most expensive player on the slate. 
Um, and he's the third most expensive player on DK. So that's interesting here. But yeah, I love the spot too. You know, um, the Bulls aren't fantastic defensively, you know, a little bit better with Caruso, but it's just not anything to write home about. And they've kind of been exposed against kind of the elite tier competition so far this season. So I'm with you. I, I like the Giannis play. Yeah, the Bulls just don't have anyone. They don't have anyone with the length to match up with Giannis. Like Vooch is not athletic enough to keep up. DeRozan is not great on the defensive end. So, uh, I mean, Patrick Williams, I guess, but I don't know how much the the Bulls would be willing to run him out. He's coming back from injury. So, and even him, it's it's Giannis, and Giannis can win in any matchup. But we've seen Giannis smash the Bulls a couple times already this season. Wouldn't surprise me to see him do it again. Yeah, and the rest of these bucks is kind of typically the same stuff. Uh, Drew's a little overpriced, and I'm probably not going to have much of him. Middleton at 7,400 is perfect for tournaments, and if I'm multi-entering, I typically set build rules to separate Middleton and Giannis. Uh, I know there are rarities where they both go off at the same time, but typically if it's not Giannis, Middleton kind of crushes. Um, so I don't mind Middleton, not a priority. You know, Bobby Portis is getting cheaper, but Brooke Lopez coming back has really been hindering his performance and cutting into his minutes. I'm looking at Brooke Lopez at 4,200. Speak of the devil, you're like, wow, he should be smashing at 42. But like the minute, the production is just not there. The minutes are uncertain, so I don't even want to go there. Um, thoughts on any of these other bucks, Keith? Yeah, I, I, it's Giannis only for me. Uh, Middleton's up at 8,500 on DK. A little bit too much. Um, fine in the lineup if you're fading Giannis, but I don't love him. Um, Brooke Lopez just hasn't seen enough minutes. The the price we've seen him put up big games before, but he's just not getting enough minutes to where I want to play him at this point. Um, his presence takes away Portis and Drew. I don't love the price there either. So it's, it's just Giannis for me on the Bucks. Yeah. Looking at Chicago, the, the, the quote unquote big three there is healthy. Um, DeRose is up to 91 on FanDuel. Uh, just feel like there's a tough matchup for Vuce, you know, against Milwaukee just doesn't seem like a good fit. Um, and Levine, I feel like you're a Levine guy and he's really cheap on FanDuel. He's playing mega minutes, been crushing lately. Uh, and I kind of like the, the little stack with Levine and Giannis. If this game is going to stay closer, 7,200 on FanDuel, uh, who's your favorite bull regardless of price, I guess. And, uh, you know, does a 72 for Levine peak your interest on FanDuel? Yeah, I do have interest. Levine would be of the three studs on the bulls. Levine is the one I'm most interested in. Um, DeRozan's price has come up. Um, he was down near 8K a couple of days ago, but has put up some big performances since then. And now, now that he's back up to 9K, I would just rather money and, and go to Levine. Um, I like the the matchup against this Bucks team a little bit better for him as well. Um, DeRozan, just a guy that kind of lives in the mid range. The, the Bucks defend the mid range really well, where they struggle from three a little bit more. So yeah, Levine, Levine is the bull that I'm looking at. Agreed. I like Levine a lot. Uh, he's probably would probably be one of my only exposures from uh, from Chicago. Um, Alex Caruso didn't practice Monday, but he took shots and he plans to play Tuesday. That's something to monitor. I mean, he's a guy at forty one hundred who's like a large field get lucky guy. He'll you know in in, the, in a high paced game scrap a little bit. I'm not prioritizing Caruso. And I don't even know if I'm endorsing his, to play him. But he's so cheap and, you know, in a high-paced game, he gets a couple steals. It, it could happen here. But it's Levine for me, and I'm not, you know, crazy about anybody else on the side of things. Anything else on this one, or should we move on uh, to another 8 o'clock game? Here? I do want to know that Patrick Williams has been over 30 minutes the last two games, so I don't love this matchup for him. 
but he is seeing the minutes. Like they're starting to get more comfortable with him. It feels like I might have to wait and see it one more time out of him though. I don't, I just, I think he's going to be on Giannis for a lot of this game. I could see him being in foul trouble. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm glad you said that. And he is only 38 on DK up to 44 in FanDuel, um, which his recent play hasn't been a problem at 44 either, but um, you're right. The Giannis thing scares me a little bit, but um, I do like him at 38 on DK a little more than, than 44 here. Uh, next game on the radar here, Portland and OKC. I don't know why I feel like these guys play every single night. It's just, <laughs> it's just what it's like. Um, we got triple double. God, we're we're betting their props every single night. That's that's the problem here. <laughs> that's true. You're right. We we literally are. <laughs> yeah. Triple double Poku, Keith. How about that? Insane man. Point Poku. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I know you spent a lot of time in OKC, and I was there recently uh, visiting a friend for a wedding, and I love that they love Poku. They had so much Poku merchandise. They had like, uh, you know, what do they call them? Those those fanny packs with like Poku has his own line of like, <laughs> is that the right term? Man packs? I, or like like is that a thing? I, I don't know. But they had so much Poku merchandise, it was crazy. Um, and he dropped the triple double, and we're big Poku guys, I think, but. Looks like he's sick, but he's supposed to play. Um, Trey Mann, not going to play. Darius Baisley, unfortunately, uh, hurt and out for the rest of the year. SGA, also out for the rest of the year. Derek Faber is also hurt and out. Josh Giddey's out for the rest of the year. Ty Jerome, out. Kenrick Williams, out for the year. Dort, surgery. Muscala, Uh, all these guys are out. Um, it looks like Robinson Earl is going to play that one guy who has missed some time, but it looks like he's going to play. I don't know how much that matters, uh, but maybe, maybe a little bit here. I, I don't know. We're finally seeing he's these been pro- active the last couple, but he is on a minutes restriction, I believe, or has been anyway. We'll have to see if anything else comes out about that, but I mean, I'm not, we're not targeting him, you know, regardless, but uh, you know, we're seeing these prices finally catching up to the production. They're not free squares anymore. Poku's 6,100. Maladon, 6,700. Roby, who is a great fantasy point-per-minute guy when he has chances, is up to 7K on FanDuel. You know, um, Sar has been really good. He's almost 5K, uh, but he's been crushing, uh, and I think he's interesting here. Getting a little tougher here with the prices, though, though, KC, Keith. What are your thoughts here on these guys? The pricing is tough, but the matchup is phenomenal. Portland has been the worst defense in basketball um, since they trade a bunch of guys away and then ruled a bunch of guys out for the rest of the season. Like this Portland team doesn't play any defense. Um, It's difficult to know uh, exactly who's going off at any given time on Oklahoma City. I think Poku is still playable even at 6,700. Um, Maladon is up to 7,300 on DK. That price is a little bit tougher for me, but he's another guy who has shown like 40 fantasy point upside with his role. I, I have interest, I think even, um, with this pricing, uh, it doesn't feel good paying <laughs> these prices for these guys, like not something I ever thought would, we would see. Um, but I think you just, I don't know that I want to like stack them up, play two or three of them in the same lineup but it seems like we get a ceiling game out of Maladon, Roby, or Poku, like every game that they play. So I'll probably mix those three into my, my build. Um, the, the secondary guys are even more difficult. Like we saw a random Jalen Horde game 
Um, Aaron Wiggins just doesn't seem to want to shoot the ball very much. Like if like he's the guy who ha- has the talent, it seems like, and we've seen a 40 point ceiling out of him as well, but I just don't like the shot volume that we've seen out of him. It's he's, he's fine to yield to Maladon or Poku or whoever's hot that day. Um, so yeah, despite, despite the three guys up there in the six to seven K range, um, feeling like they're overpriced. I think those are the three guys I would be targeting for the ceiling. Yeah, I, I, I think they're good for multi-entering. Uh, you know, there's a chance one of them will go for 40, 45 FanDuel points kind of thing here. Uh, Portland is just a disaster. I, I can't believe we're sitting here and Damian Lillard is still on that roster. I, I know the trade deadline is well in the past, but um, I, I'm interested to see what shakes out in the offseason. Like, he can't be happy. Yeah, in Portland, I, I don't know. It's been quiet on the Dame front lately, too, which is which is a little bizarre here. Listen, we've been targeting a lot of these Blazers, and their prices are up, too, but they are they're doing exactly what you said the Magic are doing, but they're, like, perfecting it. They literally played almost everyone, like, 18 to 25 minutes that they had active against the Spurs, which, which makes it incredibly hard to want to target any of these guys, like, outside of – Eubanks, none of them are really good. And Brandon Williams is okay. But at their prices now, none of them are great point-per-minute guys either, really. I know the matchup's great, but like I'm maybe considering Eubanks and maybe considering Brandon Williams. But with, with what they just showed with their rotation, I'm really not willing to target the Keon Johnsons, even though they're cheap. But like you know, like they're not good point-per-minute producers. And if he only plays 23, 24 minutes, it, it gets a little sketchy. Yep, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, it would be Eubanks and Williams for me mainly. Um, like the port, the the rest of the guys, they're not near minimum price in the three K range anymore. It's really more of like a four K range. So like Keon Johnson, he's actually five K on DK. That's just too much for the the production per minute. Um, Ellaby, same thing, forty nine hundred. Chris Dunn, forty eight hundred. Um, Greg Brown at forty four hundred. Maybe if I had to to look into one of the lower price guys would be the guy I'm looking at, but I think Eubanks would be my preferred option. He's probably the the guy I would look to pair with uh, one of the thunder guys. He seems to have the most secure role in like the 30 minute range uh, production has been there. So I think Eubanks would be my target on the Portland side, despite the price tag being a little bit elevated from where it probably should be. And the matchup's good. It's- I just don't know what they're going to do with the minutes. And Eubanks is a point per minute guy on a team like this, uh, but uh, it's it's a tough sell. Um, I, I I need to see him play like 33, 32, 33 minutes, another game for me to like want to invest, but uh, totally get it. So two bad teams where the prices are creeping up and uh, you know, maybe we see some more surprises with the injury report with them. Who, who knows? Um, I got anything else on this one or should we move on? No, did, was there a total on this game? I'd be really interested to see where the total lands. We, this kind of has like um, Houston Sacramento vibes where there's just going to be absolutely no defense and there's going to be like 240 to 250 points put up here. So I, I think it's kind of an important game for the slate, even though pricing seems way high on these guys. Take the over then if, if that's what you're on. Because right, right, na- <laughs> right now, right now I'm seeing two, two, 223 and a half right now. Okay. So, uh, hey, well, if, you're, if, you're, if your gut's they, on the over... They, Blindly. They are lacking talent on the offensive end too. So <laughs> I think Houston and Sacramento both have a little bit more offensive talent, but I don't know. It has the vibes of that game to me. Yeah, just before we get on to the final couple of games here, just to backtrack, I have right now the Brooklyn Houston totals 242 and a half. 
Brooklyn's 17 and a half point favorite. So that means their, their team total is pushing 130 almost just about, <laughs> which is which is crazy. So that's a big number. Um San Antonio and Denver. And the big news here is DeJounte Murray uh is sick and not playing. And uh he went on Twitter and kind of, you know. Uh, told San Antonio and the, the Spurs faithful he was sorry. He said he randomly got sick, and it sucks. It happened at the crucial time while me and the team are rolling. I lost seven to eight pounds and have been feeling awful and doing everything to get healthy first and working out to get ready to help the team to get in this play-in and fight for the playoffs. So, man, that stinks, and uh, DeJounte Murray is an, another candidate for most improved player of the year. He's he's awesome. Um and we love targeting him in tournaments for sure. So the Spurs are going to take on Denver on the road without DeJounte Murray here. What, uh, you know, what does that do? I tell you what, Keldon Johnson's been great lately. Uh, he's 7,300 on FanDuel. What are your thoughts on him without DeJounte Murray? Yeah, tougher matchup here against Denver and going into Denver too. Um, at Keldon is fine. Pirtle is fine. Uh, Trey Jones is, is the guy I'm looking at. Um, he's only 4K on DK. I don't know what his price over there is on FanDuel, but 40 DK points, obviously a great matchup against Portland in the last one. He's going to have a, a more difficult time here in Denver, uh, but he's still just far too cheap taking over that, that DeJounte Murray role. Yeah, he's 3,700 here on, on FanDuel. So um, his, <laughs> you know, his, uh, his bust percentage here is, is low despite the matchup so trey jones is your first stop for cash games and you know what like depending how you play in tournaments he might be a lock or a free square or or you know if you're dancing with the devil with a full fade i don't know like he's gonna come in egregiously owned but it's kind of warranted so uh another decision point on what to do with trey jones but yeah despite the matchup he's the guy kelvin johnson i think is in play for tournaments uh vassal's been good too really good um, but Trey Jones just has like elite upside at that price for sure. Um, you know, for tournaments, I'm thinking, you know, if he's going to be massively owned, let's pair him with Jokic. Let's hope this thing stays kind of close here. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I, I like that call. Um, Jokic is one of my favorite spends on the slate. Probably my, probably the top spend for me. Um, I know we talked up Giannis a good amount, but I, I think I, if, if I had to choose one, I'd go Jokic. Um, the Spurs have played fast this year. Obviously, some bro- blowout risk since they're without DeJounte. Um, but I just I don't think Pirtle can stop Jokic. Not that many people can. But um, I, I would – like if I was playing Jokic, I think that's when you include – you need somebody in addition to Trey Jones. Like Trey Jones is a price play. You need like a Keldon or a Vassal, somebody who can put up a ceiling game um, to keep this game closer and allow, allow Jokic to pay off his his massive price tag as well. I know we mentioned Embiid at the beginning of the show. Uh, where do you rank them? Does Trey Jones being on the other side of Jokic at most likely super, super chalk, like does that incline you to play more Jokic to kind of mitigate some of that maybe? And Or, how, you know, how do you rank these two centers? I, on FanDuel, you can only pick one, so that's the problem there. Yeah, that, man, it's it's a really difficult question. Um and be slightly cheaper. Both have phenomenal matchups. Man, this, yeah, this is going to be like a back and forth all morning type of decision here. Um, <laughs> play draft games yeah. and play the utility, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we get enough uh, value open up, we can play both of them. 
Yeah, it's it's certainly possible, and uh, Trey Jones will be a start here. I'm not crazy about anybody else uh, on Denver. You know, Will Barton's been playing much better, although you know, playing a ton of minutes too. Like on this slate, I just I don't know if I'm if I'm going to go there and look for like eight X upside, even though the Spurs are a great matchup. But I'm kicking the tires on it. You know, Aaron Gordon had that one crazy monster game. He's up at six K. I'm not really uh, interested in that price. Uh, what else? You got anything else for this game? Anybody you're looking at? No, it's it's just Jokic for me. That's fair. Trey Jones will be all over every website in about 10 hours. You know, we'll see him on the homepage of everywhere. He's going to be the chalk guy. So uh, Trey Jones for cash games. That's that's the move. Uh, we got Memphis and Utah. We're finally coming to the home stretch here. Thanks for sticking with us here on the Roto-Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I am the Luch, and I'm filling in for Stevie alongside of Keith, the Iceman Iceter. Uh, and we have Memphis and Utah. Desmond Bain will not play for Memphis. Jaron Jackson will not play. It looks like Jaw's not going to play. Tyus Jones not going to play. Killian Tate's out. Steven Adams is out. I don't know if I said that already either. So, so here we are. Here we, here we are. Um, here, I don't know. I'm seeing different conflicting stuff on Desmond Bain. Jeez. Yeah, I wonder if that was from over the weekend. Because they rested a bunch of guys over the weekend. Okay. But, hey, well, I stand uh, corrected, and I apologize. So let's pretend that stretch of 30 seconds didn't happen. <laughs> so Jaw's out. We're, we're looking at Jaw, and Brooks is uh, questionable. He's doubtful. Okay, so then we're going to miss their backcourt here, most likely. Yeah, that, that's what I'm seeing as well. Um, and that, that makes sense because Dylan Brooks is the one like main rotation piece that did not rest over the weekend. So it would make sense that Brooks is the guy that they're going to rest here. Um, but Bain, Triple J, Tyus, Adams, I think are all in. Yeah, I apologize, folks. Uh, it's amazing that that was kind of my first goof uh, looking at all these screens with the injury reports here. So, ju- <laughs> so just to reiterate, Ja is out and Dylan Brooks is doubtful, and that's what we're looking at on Memphis. Um, you'll have to let me know what DK looks like. I have fans will pulled up. Bain is 7K, Tyus Jones 6,600, uh, Jaron Jackson 5,900. So if you thought you might get your uh, other free square here with another Jones, you're not really going to get that at 6,600 with Tyus Jones. I'm not paying 66 for him. Uh, what, what do you got over there on DK with, with some of these guys filling in for Ja and potentially Brooks? Yeah, you've got Bain at 7,400, uh, Triple J at 7,300, Tyus at, at 6K. So about where they should be, I would say. Uh, probably a little bit more usage to go around. Um, but yeah, like if you're – like Trey Jones versus Tyus Jones, that's not even close um, with that salary gap. So, um, I, and a tough matchup in Utah as well is the other thing here. Um, I'll probably like tournament only for me. Uh, I just, I don't love the pricing. I don't love the matchup. Um, even though there's some opportunity to go around, I'm not as interested after like working through this as, as I thought I would be originally here. Um, not to say that Tyus Jones isn't in play at 6K. It's just going to be a lot more difficult for him to pay that off in, in a tough matchup. Not only that, and, and Jaron Jackson's 5,900 on FanDuel. And before you say, wow, look at that smash play. Memphis has locked up the second seed in the West Keith. So I'm not sold on, on Jackson's minutes in this one. I know he could do damage as a high usage guy here. But the fact that they're locked into that two seed, it's almost just like, let's get the guys out there. 
get them some reps and, and, you know, we're not going to play them 35 minutes. So this is a tough game and I'm not really interested in Memphis solely because of they got things locked up. And I don't know if we're going to see a ton of run out of anybody this way, missing some bodies here. Yeah. I I think that makes sense. When we, we first started uh, moving on to this game, I thought we were going to talk about Memphis and being in a good spot, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm out on them. I think. Yeah. Um, Utah on the flip side, they could move up or down. It looks like they're a game. They're a game in the, they're a game behind Denver in the win column. uh, And they're a game ahead of Minnesota in the win column. So there could be a little flipping and flopping here, but uh, I would, uh, you know, I would imagine Utah wants to win this game, you know, to stay in that six, you don't want to, you don't want to dip below six, right? So, um, Donovan Mitchell, fairly priced, 8,300. Yeah, whenever he, uh, Fandle anyway, uh, whenever he's around that price, he kind of pops and models as, wow, this is a great price for him. So, uh, he's another guy who's interesting for cash games, I, I feel like, at that price here. What are your thoughts on Mitchell in, in Utah? Yeah, I like Mitchell here. Um, 8,600 on DK, perfectly fine price. Um, Dylan Brooks, a very good per- uh, perimeter defender. We're assuming he rests here. Jaw's been playing decent and he's going to be out. So that Memphis defense that's been pretty good all season, I think takes a couple of hits here. Um, I have interest in Mitchell. Uh, he was playing outstanding while Bogdanovich was out for a few games there. Um, but he, I mean, Bogdanovich is back now and he still has, has played well, continue, continuing to score a bunch. Um, I think the Memphis defense takes a bit of a hit and I I'm on Donovan Mitchell for the spot. Yeah. I like that call a lot. I mean, Mike Conley is real fairly priced on FanDuel at 55 a little revenge spot for him there too. Uh, you know, on this slate, you know, he went off against golden state. Uh, like when I was talking about my buddy and his uh, parlay Conley for five threes, I, I mean, God, just that in his own rate is great. What a sicko. Bob <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not chasing that on this slate. So uh, I'm with you. It's pretty much just Mitchell for me, I think, on the Utah side of things here. Uh, two games left, Keith. Let's wrap this up. We have the Pelicans. They are going to square off against Sacramento. And, you know, blindly looking, you think, wow, that seems like a very um, fantasy-friendly atmosphere here. So Alex Lynn will not play let me make sure i got this right again let me pull up the right screen here yeah i'm pretty sure i saw the alex lynn news earlier um you know sabonis and fox uh you know they're they're mailing it in guys <laughs> uh you've been targeting davion mitchell quite a bit and uh, he's been treating you pretty good here 7200 for your guy here what are your thoughts about that price on FanDuel? is he is he close on DraftKings? Uh, he's 7,900 on DraftKings. Um, okay. So the assist prop is what, what has been pretty good to me. He, he burned me on the points prop a couple of days ago, um, but the assists have been very consistent. Uh, he's just taken on a huge role here with De'Aaron Fox out, obviously Halliburton and, and Healder in Indiana. So he's, he's the lead guy in this backcourt now. 7,900 feels like a tough price. And it's a little bit concerning that his shot has been off these last two games. He's shot four of 11 and three of 13 in the last two. Um, not great compared to what he was putting up. And and now the price tag is up there kind of consistent with those games where he was, he was going off. So it's a tough ask for, for Mitchell. Um, it is a good matchup against the Pelicans. 
I'll have a little bit, but not, not a primary target. If that assist prop opens up at around seven and a half, maybe even eight and a half, but seven and a half, I, I'd be in on that for sure. Yeah. I mean, the minutes are still major, major minutes. They want to give this kid a, a chance to, to show him what they got. Um, I agree. He's had two bad games. Um, last four weeks, he's averaging 32 fantasy points per 36 minutes without Sabonis, uh, Fox, and of course, Halliburton and Heald. Um, it's an interesting little contrarian spot here. You know, if you think he bounces back here, um, especially at 72 on FanDuel against New Orleans and what should be you know, minimal resistance on the Pelican side of things, they, you know, uh, as usual. So I think Mitchell is interesting on FanDuel. Um, DiVincenzo has been getting a ton of burn for Sacramento under the same circumstances here. He had a crazy, uh, 50 bomb against Houston. I just, I just don't want to chase that man. Um, so I, I think I have interest in Mitchell, um, you know, Trey Lyles at 5,200 Damian Jones is up to like 5k now. Ah, I just, I just don't know if I could go there, man. Is, is he uh, center only on FanDuel? Cause that's the problem. Like the 5k price tag is not the problem. Are we talking it, about Damian Jones? Yeah, Damian Jones. Is he center only? Yeah, he's center only. Yeah, that's that's tough with Jokic and Embiid on the slate. But that, Damian Jones has been playing really well. Um, I, he like absolutely crushed Houston two games in a row, um, and he played 35 minutes in the last game against Golden State. So he's playable at 5k. The problem is the opportunity cost. Um, I don't know that I could try to fade. Um, Jokic and Embiid to, to play him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, more of a DK play there for sure. Yeah, the, he's up to 6,600 on DK has the issue. So it's more of a price thing on DK, positional on, on FanDuel. Going to be tough to play him, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Harrison Barnes down to 5,100. You know, here, you know, here's a guy who could 7X pretty easy at that tag. He's playing mega minutes, hasn't shown that upside too many times a lot you know over the last you know four to six weeks but i could understand playing him at 5100 i don't think a lot of people are going to be on him on this slate um the interesting news here which you know we're just hoping as a 10 o'clock game that we get this early in the day uh is valentinus is questionable with that ankle and that opens up jackson hayes who's just 4300 on FanDuel and um, Hayes hasn't played a lot of minutes the last week. Um, he still had some decent games here, but if Valanciunas is out, uh, you know, Jackson Hayes at 4,300 is really interesting. That also opens up Willie Hearn and Gomez here. So um, who hasn't played in the last three games, by the way, but he's uh, Hearn and Gomez is such a crazy fancy point producer that he, you know, Hearn and Gomez won't pop in models if we don't get the news before lock, but he's one, he might even show up on some of them. Uh, you know, he might be at the bottom if Valentinus is still in doubt here. But just keep an eye on Hernan Gomez and just know that that could be some nine o'clock news that could totally shift this slate here. I mean, if you can get a Jackson Hayes or a Hernan Gomez, uh, if Valentinus is, you know, ruled out at 830 Eastern and there's only two games left, like if you keep a roster slot open, that could change the game. So it's a, it's a bad timing thing, Keith with the Valanciunas news, because they're tipping off at 10 Eastern, and there's only one game after that, which is L.A. and Phoenix. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Valanciunas news is, is a big thing. I was trying to see, like, I'm interested in what Phoenix will do 
because JaVale McGee is 4,200 as well. So that might help you build in. Um, like if we had McGee to flip to swap to, you know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah. if Valanchunas ends up getting ruled in and you could swap that to McGee because Aiton is resting, that, that would be huge. Um, so I think I would be be willing to gamble on this situation um, depending on what, what news breaks. Now maybe we get the Valanchunas news early in the afternoon and, and we know that Hayes is going to be a great play. But personally, as a, as a larger field tournament player, I'm hoping that this news doesn't break until middle, midway through the slate and uh, you get Hayes at much lower ownership than he should be. So absolutely love that call. Um, this game environment overall, I think, is one of the better ones on the slate. Obviously, you mentioned the, the big total in Brooklyn. I think Portland OKC just will play no defense at all. There's, that's a good game environment for me. Um, but this one's right up there. Uh, so I, I have interest in McCollum and Ingram as well. Um, obviously a little bit of blowout risk, but if Valanchunas sits, I think that helps. Uh, maybe Davion Mitchell finds his shot and, and can keep this game close. So I think there's, there's some upside here for tournaments. Um, and I'll be, I'll be stacking this one up a little bit, I think. Yeah. Let's roll right over into that conversation. Good segue. Uh, DeAndre missed over the weekend. You think they'd rest him back to back games here? Is it in the cards? I mean, what they've got the one seed locked up. There's no reason for them to play the guys, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, like Chris Paul played over the weekend. Booker um, missed. He rested the same. Maybe it's Chris Paul's turn to miss. I'm kind of like thinking about that, and if he misses. I don't know. I mean, Cameron Payne still play minutes in the teams only. So you know, he's a very turned into a very important part of that rotation too. So even like how much, how much would he play? It's very tricky here. I think the obvious answer is we, as fantasy players, you know, we're hoping, like you said, as tournament players, let's hope, let's hope DeAndre gets ruled out middle of the slate and you have uh, McGee to swap to. I think that's a fantastic call. I don't know how likely it is, but uh, you know we can monitor some some beat raiders news and stuff like that here, so this has a chance to be a very interesting kind of kind of late couple of games here between Phoenix already set in stone with what they have in front of them and resting guys, and of course the Valentinus news at ten o'clock here. Um, yeah, I mean you know it could be a Chris Paul rest by here. I, a Cameron Payne at fifty one hundred. If he plays twenty five minutes, like, do you have any interest in that, or is that, or is, are you still not going to choose Cameron Payne if Paul's out? Yeah, uh, yeah I think his, Payne, Payne's role is better with Paul out than it was with Booker out. Like we saw Paul get all of the run at point guard, and I, I was on crunch time on Sunday, and we were talking about like why is Chris Paul going to play a bunch of minutes here? But then Oklahoma City actually ended up keeping that game close, and Paul played played his normal thirty minutes. Um, so Payne was in the conversation Sunday and that did not work out at all. But if, if, uh, it was Paul that sat instead of Booker, I, I would have more, I'd, I'd be willing to go right back to Payne despite getting burned by him Sunday. Yeah. Tr- tricky game here. Um, on the Lakers side of things, you know, he's questionable. LeBron's questionable. Uh, you know, played almost 40 minutes against New Orleans. Um, over the weekend, and then he rested against Denver. Lakers couldn't get it done when it mattered, and you know LeBron chucked up that air ball at the buzzer, and that was just like pretty much story of the season. Uh, <laughs> what what are your thoughts here with with the Lakers? Here we have 
some questionable tags here that are pretty important as well. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to depend on when we get the news for LeBron and AD um, and what that news is. Um, if, if everybody's playing, I think it depends on what Phoenix does as well. But I, LeBron is too, too expensive to play if AD is in there, I think. Um, I'd play AD at 9K on DraftKings. Uh, but LeBron up at 11-2 with AD in there, it just feel like I know he's been playing 40 minutes when he's out there, but I don't know that there's much ceiling left with, with AD there as well. So I think Anthony Davis would be the guy I'd, I'd look to. If they both end up resting for some reason, I, Westbrook is in the conversation, and then we could talk about somebody like Malik Monk. But this, this one is entirely news dependent. So I think – Building with that New Orleans-Sacramento game before this, that's only 30 minutes, that tips off 30 minutes prior, just to give yourself a little roster flexibility is going to be important because this Lakers news is does matter for the slate, I think. Um, I, I, my gut instinct is that they both end up playing here, and then I don't have a ton of interest, and then I, I would just keep most of my exposure in the New Orleans-Sacramento game. I think that's a good call, and and, and the Lakers aren't dead yet, but they need a ton of help to get into that playoff scenario as well. It's pretty unlikely that, that they're going to make it happen and get in. So uh, I think you're right. I think they play like, and, and, you know, and hope they get all the help they need, but it's, it's unlikely that the Lakers get in here. Um, and Phoenix is still pretty good defensively. They play slow regardless of who's at point. So it's not like the best matchup. I agree. Uh, in terms of these late games here, it's, Figuring out the Valanciunas news and or how how likely um, DeAndre is going to sit on the other side of that Lakers game. Uh, Jackson Hayes is way too cheap if if Valanciunas does sit, uh, and you know New Orleans uh, wants to you know keep the pedal down here as they're currently the nine seed just ahead of San Antonio. Um, and yeah, Hernan Gomez of course is bare minimum here, so you, know, you have two guys. I mean, you you could you could play Hernan Gomez and um and Jackson Hayes together like it's not my favorite path here because I, I'm thinking like people are probably pondering that question but like they're both point per minute guys especially Hernan Gomez if you get 20 out of Hernan Gomez and uh you know 25 out of Hayes like it's possible here um what's your lean here if Valanciunas is out do you have a preference between Hayes and Hernan Gomez here Um, I mean, I, I feel more comfortable with Hayes's role for sure. Just, but like, it's been a while since we've seen Hernan Gomez get the, the run. Um, he's obviously a phenomenal point per, per minute guy though. So I don't hate the both of them call like they play Hayes alongside Valentina sometimes. I would think they would play him alongside, um, Hernan Gomez a little bit too. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah, I mean, Hernan Gomez is cheaper, but I feel more uh, comfortable with Hayes's role. So slight lean to Hayes, I guess, just because it's, it's more secure, a little bit safer, but I, I think they're both in play if Valanciunas sits for sure. I agree. And if Valanciunas does sit early in the Slater beforehand, he Hayes becomes a priority. Would you agree with that too? I would. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Now that, that was a grind, buddy. I, we're through all the games. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Do you have anything to add or anything we, uh, you know, anything we we skipped that you want to add in there? Any last words, I guess, before we log off? 
No, I mean, this is going to be a wild, crazy slate, probably news breaking throughout the day. So um, like I mentioned, if you're, if you're invested, make sure that you're, you're willing to stick it out throughout the night because all the way up to that last game with the Lakers news, um, going to have to be paying attention for sure. Keith, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at, at ice819dfs, EYS819dfs. Um, check out my article for sure. That, that usually drops Monday, Wednesday, Fridays so over on scores and odds. So appreciate the, the shout out there and uh, look forward to providing some good, good content over there. Absolutely. And MLB is right around the corner. And I know you'll be invested yeah. between Riddle Granders and scores and odds. And, and uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm just happy that we have a season. It was in doubt a couple of weeks ago. and For sure. And here we are. So uh, let's get out of here. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope we helped navigate through some of this mess. Uh, that's Keith Eister. I'm Justin Carlucci filling in for Stevie. Enjoy your day and good luck, everybody.